AMD's next-gen motherboards will not come cheap. Apple shows off they're not cheap things, but don't you worry, GPUs are getting cheaper in, in, in places. A little bit. What's going on, is everybody? I'm your Brett host. We're going to be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. In today's top story, we're going to be discussing the official unveiled unpricing uh, of unveiled pricing of the upcoming MSI X670 and X670e motherboards. MSI putting this out themselves and. Brace yourself, it's a pricing noodle. So if you just take a look here, their lowest end motherboard that they've announced is the Pro X670P, which is gonna start at $290. The X670E Ace is gonna cost you 700 bucks. The X670E Carbon Wi-Fi is gonna go for 480, and the X670E Godlike's going for 1300 bucks, which all of those are high numbers, but how do they stack up with what's currently available? Well, if we take a look at MSI's current pricing, they don't have a direct correlation of the X670P with Wi-Fi because their X570A Pro doesn't have Wi-Fi, but you can see it's about half the price of the previous one. But the one that does compare is the Carbon Max Wi-Fi. So you can see this is going for $270 and they're gonna be releasing the X670E for $480. So over a $200 price increase on the same specification of motherboard. This is quite a large jump. And then also the Ace is gonna be $100 more than the current generation and the godlike is just it's absurd that they're going to charge a thousand dollars price plus for that msi's kind of continuously done that for their godlike but it looks even like at the bottom of the stack these price points are going to be hard to swallow for anybody who's looking to upgrade to the next generation of ryzen chips especially if you're thinking going low and we obviously don't have a whole lot of pricing of the competitors like asrock who will likely come in cheaper on some of their boards as well as Gigabyte, which will probably be pretty comparable, and Asus, who will probably be pretty comparable. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough nut to crack. AMD, when they announced this next generation, did say X670 and X670E are launching in September, and then the B650 and 650E are gonna be launching in October, so you will have to wait for cheaper motherboards, but if you want it now, you're gonna have to pay a price premium, especially if you wanna upgrade to something like the 7600X, $300 for the CPU, $300 for the motherboard at $600 before you add in about $100 to $200 worth of RAM. You're close to $1,000 for the base level chip in September. That is the price to pay if you want to be on the bleeding edge. But let me know what you think of the X670 motherboard pricing down below in the comments. And people are saying pricey numbers about iPhones. Even though Apple did not raise the price over previous years, there was some speculation that Apple was going to have to increase the price on their iPhone due to inflation and chip shortages and all of that. But they did not do that. It's not a huge update typically on this TikTok cycle that Apple's been on. We see a lot of internal improvements for the iPhone and then next year we're getting a design overhaul this year no design overhaul because that came last year but we did get a size difference the iPhone 14 and 14 plus getting announced at 6.1 6.7 inches respectively starting at 799 which is the same price point of the iPhone 13 but something to note is that the iPhone 14 at least in the US will not come with a physical SIM card they will be eSIM only which for the vast majority of consumers should not necessarily be that big of a problem considering that all of the major carriers do support eSIM at the current moment, but it will likely create scenarios where some people will need a physical SIM and it's gonna 
probably create some issues in that regard. I think Apple targeting the mass market for this, it makes a lot of sense to not have to put a small piece of plastic into your phone every single time that you get a new one and that it could just be digitally done. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm glad it's rolling out. I did see, at least from the tech people that I follow in South Africa, they were complaining about this because it wasn't quite clear during the announcement that it was going to be US only for these eSIM only iPhone 14s. And they were like, none of our carriers like this. They don't support this. How is this going to work? It looks like US only for the time being, and then other regions will have the SIMS card slot in case you need that. But one of the things to note, iPhone 14 still coming with the lightning connector. So in case you use USB to transfer files, still stuck at USB 2.0 speed. Thanks for the innovation, Apple. But you can see it here in the fancy colors. You got midnight, you got starlight, you got this color, that color, and that color. It's all great. It's got a two million to one contrast ratio because it's OLED. It's got 1200 nits brightness, but a lot of the improvements coming to the camera, they're using a larger sensor, larger pixels at 1.9 microns, which should allegedly make the image better. Has a faster aperture at F1.5. The front facing camera now has an F1.9 aperture and could support autofocus for the first time ever, which I have to say, I guess I never noticed that it didn't have autofocus. I guess everything's just always in focus, but you can rack focus between different things. I don't, I just, I never knew this wasn't a thing, but makes sense that it's like that. So again, iPhone 14 starting at 799, 14 plus starting at 899. The 14 is gonna be available on the 16th. The 14 plus is gonna be available on October 7th, but they're also getting new features like emergency satellite SOS service, where it'll tell you where to point your phone at a satellite in case that's the only service you can get. And then they'll try to connect you with emergency responders so that you can get help in case you're in the middle of nowhere. This is kind of tagging on to the T-Mobile and SpaceX Starlink announcement that happened a couple weeks ago, where they're essentially gonna give you satellite service with them taking T-Mobile frequency space in order to make it so that you can send text messages anywhere in the entire United States that's covered by a Starlink satellite. This is kind of similar to that, but not carrier bound. It's gonna be available in November and it'll be free for two years. Apple also showing off the 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max. And one of the biggest design changes that they're making is that it's no longer going to have the droopy down notch, but instead it's gonna have a pill cutout, which you can be for or against that design. You can sound off in the comments down below, but I do think out of all of the pill-shaped cutouts implementations that I've ever seen on any phone, Apple is doing it the best, especially since they're gonna be integrating animations with different applications like Face Unlock to actually make it so that that pill cutout is dynamic. You'll have notifications that will pop up there, go around the pill, but make it look seamless. I think if you are going with this design, integrating it to part of your UI and your operating system makes a lot of sense. People don't like the notch. I personally am not bothered by it. I do really appreciate Apple going kind of above and beyond with changing that. But let me know what you think of the animated pill cutout down below in the comments. But let's get back to the 14 Pro and Pro Max. Biggest updates coming with the cameras, up to two times better true depth low light photos on the front facing camera, whatever that means. Up to two times better telephoto light, low light. They, they say it's up to, I don't understand. They didn't give the measurements of how things are two times or three times better in low light. I'm sure they have some specific measurement, but it's gonna be better in low light. It's gonna have a wide angle lens, a 1X lens, a 2X lens, and a 3X lens. And the way they're gonna do that is because it has a 48 megapixel 
pixel sensor that they're going to crop into 24 megapixels in order to give you that two times zoom, but it has all the features. It's coming with the new A16 Bionic, which is four nanometers and has the most amount of transistors that's ever been seen in a smartphone. 1600 nits peak HDR brightness, 2000 nits peak outdoor brightness. There's a lot of good stuff going into the iPhone 14 Pro. The little bar thing up top, I forgot to mention, is called Dynamic Island, which is one of the most Apple names for anything I've ever seen in my entire life. It seems like a pretty solid just kind of refresh of last year's phone. Nothing especially game changing, but if you've been holding off for a few years, this might be a good upgrade for you in case you need all of the extra photo and video and all of the creation features that they're giving because they also talked about how you could take photos in RAW and their new video RAW and their new cinematic mode and all of that good stuff. You can check out their keynote in case you want to find out all of the real details. But the thing that I'm most excited for, the single piece of Apple hardware that I use more than any other that I have not really been able to find any other smartwatch that meets my needs quite the way the Apple Watch does. The Apple Watch Series 8 SE and Ultra coming out. The SE is going to be 20% faster. It's going to be 30% bigger. It's going to have color match back cases in that case that matters to you and essentially is just the more affordable Apple Watch starting at $249. The Apple Watch 8 is getting a few new features like crash detection to see if you can fall over, which I forgot to mention the iPhone 14 also has because it has a new high G-force accelerometer to detect in case you're in a crash, but it's only active while you're driving. So I guess they have some sort of speedometer tracking as well in order to see whether or not there's a car crash that happens. The watch is going to be more based on like falling and crashing. It's supposed to give up to 36 hours of battery life with a brand new low power mode. And it's also going to have a new basal body temperature sensor, which is going to help with ovulation tracking for females who actually need that in order to make that happen with advanced cycle tracking. Pretty neat. The temperature sensing, they really focused on the appeal to females in order to get that to work, which I'm just curious more about, like, does it also help to track fevers, which based on what they indicated, it should. But it's also going to be coming with a blood oxygen sensor as well. But the one that I'm highly interested in because I want more features is the Apple Watch Ultra, which is going to have precision dual frequency GPS. It's going to be WR100 certified. It's got EN13319 certification for divers out there. It's got a 2000 nits peak brightness, 60 hours of battery life with low power settings, 36 hours. Otherwise, it's got all new bands. It's got a night mode, ECG, temperature sensing, blood oxygen, a siren in case you get lost. And it's 49 millimeters, which I absolutely love and a customizable action button for you in case you really want that. It has a lot of kind of pro features that athletes, scuba divers, anybody who's going to actively use their Apple Watch for any sort of adventure could potentially use, especially combine that with the extended battery life could potentially be a big upgrade. This one, however, it's going to start at $7.99, which is a spicy noodle to swallow down your gullet of your wallet. I don't know if I'm going to be able to swing that, but you could potentially consider swinging the Apple's AirPods Pros too. Mess that up real hard, but this is their new in-ear active noise cancellation headphones or earphones. They are going to have two times more noise cancellation. By some measurement, it's going to have new ear tips up to extra small. Six hours of listening time is going to cost $250 available on September 23rd. Personally, I'm a huge fan of AirPods. I really don't like the AirPods Pro. The noise cancellation just doesn't work for me. Just from a personal standpoint, if I'm going to noise cancel, I want over ears because I actually want to get rid of everything. But the AirPods Max don't make any sense at the price point. It's ridiculous. So I go with my Sony's in order to get the active noise cancellation. The AirPods Pro don't quite meet that need for me, but in case 
it's all there. It's all it's all there. But in case you want to know what Google is going to get up to, well, they have their Pixel 7 and Pixel Watch event on October 6th. So you only have to wait a little less than a month to find out what the other team is doing. But let me know what you think of the iPhone announcement, the Apple Watch announcement, all of that rolled into one. Down below in the comments, I want to hear from you. Do you care? Is this something that you're looking to get? I want to know your opinions. And I'm going to opine on the crypto market by telling you exactly what the numbers are. Bitcoin is up 2.35%. It had a big crash just two days ago, and now it's back up to 19.298. Look at, look at that dip go from 19.818 all the way down, bottom and out at 18.623. Anyways, Ethereum is up 4.5% to be at 16.36, and Dogecoin is up 3.7% to be at 6.1 cents. We are just a week away from the Ethereum merge, or at least the anticipated date supposed to be September 15th. So we'll keep you updated as that transpires. And I really like watching Reese Perspire. Weird segue, buddy. What are you gonna do with that one? Thank you, Brett, for that insightful statement on the economic state of the world. But we're about to get into the economical state of these deals, starting off with something light and mobile. With the Razer Orochi V2, their ultra lightweight sub 60 gram wireless gaming mouse, with up to 950 hours of battery life, mechanical switches, and an 18K DPI optical sensor. It's currently going for only $34.99, which is 50% off at the moment. And speaking of small, light, and mobile, the Elgato Keylight Mini is currently going for only $79.99 which is 20% off. The Keylight Mini is their portable LED panel with up to 800 lumens brightness, with up to four hours of battery life, controllable brightness, and white balance, which you can control wirelessly as needed. And don't forget, you can find all these deals and more linked in the video description, and now back to Brett. Thank you, Reese. very cool. I really like your merch ideas for the upcoming Cannonball for the Cure charity stream. Thank you for showing those to me yesterday in our meeting. Much appreciated. We do have that going on. As mentioned, we are currently doing a lot of test streams over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash UFDisciple if you would like to join us there. We're currently gonna be giving away my Aya Neo Air for everybody who helps test everything before we actually go ahead with the cannonball. So this is kind of helping to celebrate the people who are there to make sure everything's gonna run smoothly for the actual event. So come follow us. And if you can catch us live, you can start earning points to the Aya Neo Air giveaway. But I'm gonna earn points for myself by talking about video games right now, okay? We're gonna go rapid fire on the video game news because there was a whole lot. Returnal PC port confirmed by the game developers. It's great stuff. I love to see that. Cyberpunk 2077 is getting DLC. Also got its 1.6 patch, which now allows for transmog. And this new DLC is gonna be coming out in 2023. But one of the things that is confirmed is that it's only coming to next gen consoles. So PS5, Xbox, and PC, but also Stadia. So it's not coming to PS4 or the Xbone, but it's coming to Stadia, which is incredibly weird. But Cyberpunk has been kind of married to Stadia since its announcement. But patch 1.6 allegedly is going to be the last patch that's going to be featured on the PlayStation 4 and Xbone and everything else will be on the other platforms. As mentioned, Red Dead Redemption 2 is getting FSR 2.0 officially. There were unofficial mods. Now it's coming officially from Rockstar. Intel has some game bundles for you in case you want to pick them up with their Arc GPUs. They're going to have a whole bunch available. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Ghostbuster Spirit Unleashed, Gotham Knights, Vampire the Masquerade, Blood Hunt, and you can kind of pick and choose between different ones up to potentially $380 in MSRP and NVIDIA announces the RTX 30 series bundle with 
Spider-Man Remastered, in case you want that. Microsoft announcing the Xbox Elite Series 2 wireless controller core for $130. It's gonna come available in white. It's not gonna have all of the features of the regular Elite, but it, you can buy them separately in case you wanna bundle it up to get the full Elite, in case you can only afford a little bit now. In case you can only watch a few Twitch people right now, watch mine, but Twitch is getting rid of host mode. And according to this headline, absolutely nobody understands why. I understand why, it's a stupid feature. I never understood hosting. Anyways, uh, Twitch saying that we made the decision to deprecate the feature because of the experience it delivers to viewers doesn't match their expectations when they come to Twitch, and that viewers wanna interact with the streamer when they're live, and host mode blocks this from happening, preventing viewers from interacting with the streamer they're watching also limits the streamer's growth potential because they're not able to build meaningful connections with those new viewers. That's an absolute lie. Hosting is stupid. Who goes on Twitch to click on people's channel pages when they're not live and then they wanna see somebody else? It doesn't make any sense. Why would you ever do that? Rating makes a lot of sense. Taking your viewers who are actively watching you and saying, hey, let's go check out this other person that you might enjoy. But hosting somebody? Nobody's going to our channel when we're not live. Maybe, maybe, maybe this works for the largest streamers, but I'm not clicking on them when they're not live. It, do, it never made any sense. Why wouldn't they just like put videos there that the creator could upload them? I don't know. I didn't like it. It makes sense that they're getting rid of it. And my table is going up and it makes sense that Twitter, oh, what is happening? My desk was increasing. It's also going up now. What is happening? Why are you going up? Go down. And Twitter's allowing you to edit things for the first 30 minutes up to five times. That's the new details that are happening right now. We knew it was 30 minutes, but now you only get five edits in case you want to do that. You have to subscribe to Twitter Blue, which I think is like three to five dollars a month. Uh, I wish I could have edited this last little part of the, the, the whole hot news where my desk went crazy. And AMD is editing how they're naming their CPUs, at least on the mobile side. It's gonna make it a little bit less confusing, a little bit more confusing, but you'll figure it out. You're a smart cookie. So we have all the details here, the portfolio model year. So what it's gonna start with, seven means 2023, eight means 2024, nine means 2025. No more like mobile is gonna be a different number, et cetera, et cetera. It's gonna be based on the year it comes out. Market segment is the second number. So six would be indicating that it's a Ryzen 5 chip. You can see Ryzen 3, Ryzen 9, all of that will determine what like product class it's in. Third number is gonna indicate architecture. So four would mean it's Zen 4, five would mean Zen 5, etc. Zero, the fourth number would be feature isolation, lower model within the segment, upper model within the segment, whether it's zero or five. And then the last demarcation is gonna be a letter, which you would be that fact that it's a 15 to 28 watt power performance premium ultra thin as it says which is a difference of like half like 15 to 28 is a huge range that's that's a very large range c would mean that it's a chromebook etc etc amd trying to make things a little bit more clarified for you in case you want clarity on whether or not you should go to gc gtc to get a 3090 ti you should if you can because it might be signed by jensen himself they're announcing it, that they're they're giving that away in case you want a signed 3090 Ti. And in case you want lower prices on your RTX 30 series GPUs, well, you might have it in Europe. I know as we've talked about the price decreases, we've been talking at MSRP at various retailers. We've had some price indication from Germany, but it does seem like the official pricing in Europe from Nvidia is going down on a lot of the cards, a little bit up on some of them. But as you can see here, 3090 Ti is decreasing 920 euro, 3090 is going down 350 euro, and the 38 DTI is going down 110 euro. The other cards are getting a small price increase, 20 to 40 euro respectively, but not, not a bad swing of things overall. This has been a long episode of Hot News. I tried to speed around it for you. I'm done. See you tomorrow.